All right, man. Welcome to the 290 Mo podcast. I appreciate you for coming on the show for a second time. Um, I know who you are for the for, for the people who don't know who you are. Could you please introduce yourself to my viewers and listeners? All right. My name is Ronnie Francois, the financial wellness coach, also a financial literacy advocate. And I just want to give kudos to you, man, on all the things that you're doing. Thank you for having me on your amazing platform. You're definitely doing some amazing things in your community, neighborhood. So I definitely appreciate you for having me back on your second time. No problem, no problem. And like I said a little bit before we started recording, uh, uh, you provide what you provide is knowledge, and that's something I like to spread. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a it's easy to in the lane that I'm in to to drift off into a whole bunch of BS and nonsense. So I like to uh, drop gems at the same time for my people, so so that they getting so that they learning something at the end of the day, taking something that they can, you know what I'm saying, help improve their life. So with that being said, um. We're just going to get into some quick background information for the people who didn't probably catch you on the first podcast. But um, how did you, why Why are you considered the credit hero? And if you could just summarize your story for us, for us real quick. Um, so, so I'm considered the credit hero because I'm out here changing people's lives. I'm saving lives, you know. This credit is something that affects everybody. Because at one time I had bad credit. It was so bad I used to hope somebody would steal my identity. But we all know when you have bad credit, nobody's gonna steal your identity unless they just practice. And so I went through like a lot of trials, a lot of errors, many years of bad credit. And I was almost at the point where I just said, you know what, I'm just give up on it. I don't need mm -hmm. your credit. I'm just sit back seven to 10 years because eventually it has to fall off eventually. Right. Process is waiting that three, seven, 10 years, I still need to get a apartment. I still need to get a car. So it's like, I'm still trying to get better jobs. It's like, Everywhere, every avenue I turn to required me to have good credit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just stay away from the things that, that need good credit. I'm just get co-signed. I'm just not going to go and live the lifestyle that I want. I'm just live below my mean because I got bad credit. But then I realized that me having bad credit, it wasn't only affecting me, but it was also affecting the next generation. It was affecting my kids. So I'm like, you know what? If I'm not going to do it for myself, I'm doing it for my kids. And I, you know, I studied the credit game for years and years. And when I got to the point I got good, I started working on my own credit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? There's probably other people out there that need that knowledge that I have. So now I just started helping people randomly for free that was reaching out to me. And then I was like, you know what? Let me take it a step further because the school system don't teach us about credit. So maybe I should write a book that get that knowledge out there. Because there are some people believing that they actually still read books. I know it doesn't seem like it, but some people actually like reading books. So that's when I came up with Break the cycle, you don't have to live with bad credit, uh, which is very, very good. It was definitely changing a lot of people's lives. Then I wrote a second book with the kids called The Ten Credit Commandments. That was really dope. So out of all my accomplishments that I have, writing the book with my kids had to be like one of the biggest accomplishments. Not too many fathers can say they wrote a book with their kids. That's changing lives, breaking generational curse. And that book is actually creating an income stream for the kids because all the proceeds from that book goes to the kids. So right. like, they have a stream of income. They don't even know about jobs, about working. Again, it's all about planning for the next generation. Okay, okay. So outside of the bad credit, who was the credit hero before he was a credit hero? What, what was you, uh, were you in a different um, a different professional field? What, what were you, was you doing anything credit related? And did you make a, a total transition from that previous uh, lifestyle to being um, a full-time financial well, uh, advisor? 
So before credit, I was in the life insurance industry. I did that for about five to seven years because I've always felt like I had to position myself to help other people. And, you know, so the life insurance, it gave me the avenue to help more people. But then I quickly realized that I could help even more people with credit. And then once I had bad credit and then I learned the tools, I learned the technique, I just wanted to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I appreciate that. So um, with that being said, we can get right into to what we're here for, man. We're going to go ahead and drop some knowledge for the people, man. All right. So I'm, I'm going to start with this. Uh, if you could just explain um, in the most layman's terms possible, what is credit? Um, credit is, is basically it's how you show that you're responsible. So when you're in school, you got a report card. It pretty much show what you did for like the last couple of years, last 12 years. So as adults, we have this thing called a credit report. Credit mm-hmm. report basically just shows what have you been doing to show that you're responsible with your money, show that you spend it wisely. It just, it just shows what you have been doing financially the last 12 years. So when you need money, whether it's to buy a house, invest a business, you're going to go to a bank or find an institution. You're going to say, look, I need to borrow 10000 I need to borrow a million dollars. They, they need you to look at your credit report to see if you're responsible before they make that decision or let you hold the money. Just like if one of your homeboys or best friends say, look, let me hold, let me hold a million dollars. Which I know, I know you're gonna be a millionaire soon. Believe it or appreciate not. Appreciate that. Speaking into existence, man. Appreciate that. He was like, "Let me hold a million dollars." And if you know this dude don't have a job, or he really ain't got no money like that, you might kind of hesitate. Like, look, I ain't gonna give you a million, but I'm gonna let you hold ten stack. You know, get you going. All right. But then you might have another friend where you know he has a stable job, he has that type of income. He gonna say, "Let me hold a million. You are gonna give it to him without hesitation because he has that credibility." And that's what credit is. It just shows your credibility. It shows you, it just shows that you're trustworthy. It shows that you know how to handle money. Because if you can manage your money, you can manage someone else's money. And that's what credit is really about. Okay, okay. Appreciate that. So, um, and this and this just hit me as I, I, I love taking notes during the podcast. Is there a difference between black and white credit? Um no, it's not, but there's a difference how we learn about. Um, because again, like for example, let's take um being an authorized user. Mm-hmm. Most white people or non-black, you know, when their kids turn like 15 or 16, if they have a credit card, they're gonna put them on as an authorized user. And by the time that child graduates from high school, maybe start in college, they're gonna have a 700, 750 credit score, and they ain't have to do nothing. Where mm-hmm. versus the black community, like we really don't share the knowledge with our kids. We don't share it with our friends. We we know what it is, but we're not going to share it. So a lot of time we have to kind of learn stuff from mistakes and errors, trials and errors, versus other communities. Like, they, they install it in you as soon as you start talking about money. So that's the difference. And that's why I, I made my book available to anybody that needed it. Like, for example, the book, Break the Side, You Don't Have to Look With Bad Credit. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon, but... I've given hundreds of free ebook copies to anybody that reached outside needed because again, I just want to get that knowledge out there because knowledge is important, but applied knowledge is even more important. So I want to put it out so they can use it. So it's not really so much a white credit, black credit. It's all about how that information is received, how it's distributed amongst family, amongst the community. So that's the biggest difference. Okay. Um, 
And, and just throughout your career and throughout all your research for your books and all that, have you ever been able to pinpoint the exact disconnect between the two communities? Like, why is so, you know what I'm saying, taboo in, in the in the African-American community for, for a young man or female to know, not, not even to know, or to just be set up, like you had said, to be set up? Were you able to pinpoint any direct, you know what I'm saying, correlation where there was a disconnect or... Um, or is it just uh, we got the, the the shorter hand of the stick? Um, it's just that we we don't like to share information. Um, <laughs> we'll get a good knowledge, we'll get something new instead of just freely giving to somebody. And there's nothing wrong with making money off the knowledge that you have, but sometimes it's okay to give somebody something for free without expecting nothing in return. We just don't share the knowledge, and the people that have it, if you want it, you have to pay them for it. Again, I'm not knocking nobody because, you know, businesses, you know, making money off of the knowledge that you have, but right. we just don't share information with other communities. It's like they're raised up with the information infusing them. So by the time they become an adult, they already have it installed in them already. And with us, most of the stuff, by the time we learn it, it's like we already made like 30 million mistakes already. So that's the difference. They learn it before they make the mistakes. We learn it after we make the mistakes. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Okay, let me ask you this also before I start to my next questions. Do you, because I just assume um, um, a lot of this stuff started in the computer era. Do you know exactly when this form of credit system was applied? You know what I'm saying? As far as like the transunion and all that. And before then, was there a specific credit system or was it just, you know what I'm saying, just like, you owe me a, a IOU system. So I don't have the exact date, but I think it started like in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when the FICO, that's when the FICO score system was introduced. And then the three three major credit bureaus, they pretty much they privately own, you know, TransUnion, Equifax, and the other one, all three of them, they privately own. So companies mm-hmm. actually have to pay them to report the information on. So they just like big businesses pretty much. So that's how they're able to profit. Off the, um, off of the consumer because they get paid to report your credit. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Um, okay. Now, this is probably a question that you can answer real easy for me, being as though you said you tried to was like forget credit, I'm gonna do the 17 years, you know what I'm saying, without credit. So my question is, do you need credit? Can you live without it? Yes, it is possible. Managing and maintaining it. I'm sorry. So it is possible to live without credit if you have money and you pay for everything in cash. So it is possible. But again, you know, let's just say you have to you have a big house, right? And you want to get a basketball court put in your backyard. Let's just say it costs twenty five thousand dollars. You have twenty five thousand dollars in your savings. So you can take that twenty five thousand dollars, get it done. Or if you have good credit, you go to the bank, they will let you hold that twenty five thousand dollars with low interest, no interest. You pay it back, you know, over the time. So now you still got that new basketball court and you still got your 25K in the bank. So it's like you can use your money or you can use someone else's money with low interest, no interest. And again, this goes goes back to having that good credit. Okay. Thank you for answering that for me, man. All right. The next question I got for you is what credit score are you born with and at what age can you start using credit? Because in the African-American community, you hear a lot about uh, people having the cable bill or this bill or the heat bill in their name. 
is that actually using your credit, like affecting your score, or is it just having it on your credit, if that makes sense? Or if, can you clarify that for me? Well, so we all know the credit score starts at, at 300 and it goes up to 850. So typically, if you don't have no credit or little no little to no credit, it's probably, it probably hovers around between 400 and 450. You know, so it's probably not going to be below 400. Um, so that might be what you're born with. But then as you build positive credit, it goes up. Um, so the sweet spot for credit score is 750. I mean, of course, if you get 800, 850, you know, life is great, but... Once you hit 750, 770, you're going to be able to get a lot of good, little to no interest rate on anything that you get. So, again, you know, it could be anything. It could start off around 400, 450. And then, you know, once you build it, get it up to 650, 700, 750, and you're right there at the sweet spot. Okay. And just speaking of those 700s and 750s, what is the max credit score you can have? And is there a limit? You know what I'm saying? Because if you keep paying, your bills, is, is it a max score or or how does that work once you get to that upper echelon of of credit and you continue maintaining good credit habits? Um, 850 is the highest you can get. Okay. And how would it, how long would it take someone with the average credit score who's hovering probably around that 300 to 450 mark? How, is it a year's, is it, well, how long on average would it take somebody an average person to get from that average zone to 850 credit score. Is that something that's actually obtainable? Is that something that somebody listening right now with the average credit score should start working on? Yes, it is obtainable. And the big factor would be, do you have any negative items on your credit report? So if you have negative items on your credit report, meaning like charge-off, collections, late fees, defaults, student loan bankruptcies, it's going to take longer because you can add all the positive credit you want. If you don't have those negative items off, your score is never really going to get where you need to get. So you have to get those negative items off your credit report. Then your score is going to gradually go up. So if you don't have nothing on it, you can add positive credit, pay your bills on time, keep your credit utilization 30%. It's going to gradually go up. But if you have like, you know, 10, 20, 30 negative items on your credit report, you can add it, but it's, it's going, you're going to hardly see the increase or it might not even go up at all. So if you have negative items, it's going to take longer. If you don't have negative items, you build that positive credit, it's going to be a lot easier to build up. So it really depends on the, on the, the person's credit situation because everybody's credit situation is different. So it's almost impossible to give you an exact timeline. But I will say it is a lot easier if you don't have no little to no negative items on your credit report. Okay, cool. And, and just kind of staying in that lane, and you kind of touched it a little bit when you were just speaking um, what exactly is bankruptcy? What exactly does it do to your credit score? And with you being the professional that you are, would you refer somebody to bankruptcy or to save and repay the money on their own? So, um, so I'm not a bankruptcy attorney, but um, but I will say it really depends on the amount of debt that you have, and that's what that's what. It would kind of like determine if you should take file bankruptcy or not. So when you file bankruptcy, it depends on if it's you know chapter seven or chapter thirteen. Basically, you know you go to, you go in front of the judge, you get a lawyer, and all the debt get wiped away, so you don't have to pay none of those people no debt. Like I said, it depends on if it's seven or thirteen. But the only thing is, you don't have to pay none of those people. But the only thing is now that bankruptcy could stay on your credit for about seven years. 
So when you go to like maybe like a big bank or financial institution, you're gonna say, hey, look, I need to borrow ten thousand dollars. I'm like, well, you filed bankruptcy. You didn't have, you didn't pay none of these other people. Um, why should I trust you that you're not gonna file bankruptcy after I give you this money? So so that that's the bad thing about bankruptcy. Yes, you don't you don't have to pay nobody none back. Depends on if it's seven or thirteen, but you're gonna have a hard time for anybody trusting you in the very beginning. But they're gonna be afraid. They're gonna get bamboozled. They'll be like, you bamboozled the last bank. You're going to bamboozle me too. It's like a risk factor where it is possible to get bankruptcy off your credit report once it's been discharged. Okay. What is the difference between a credit union and a bank? And how exactly does a credit union operate? So the credit unions are usually a lot more smaller than the big banks. And they're more community focused. They're more about helping you. They might have like special programs that's tailored to the community. They might have special programs that's tailored towards people that got less than perfect credit. They're more they're supposed to be more friendly. Uh, again, they might have like special credit cards that might be available versus the big banks. They're really about profits. So the smaller banks, the credit union, they're about helping the community, helping you build. So I would just say, you know, it's always it's always good to have an account with, with a good credit union because they're just more friendlier versus helping you uh, where the big banks is all about profits. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So I got a couple questions because this is one of the uh, podcasts. I got a, a lot of uh, a lot of good questions back. A lot of people uh, really like uh, really liked, uh, the content that we provided last time. So I, I got a couple questions that people uh, strictly want to ask you. The first question is... Um, should you spend credit or cash first? I find myself uh, a lot of times having a thousand dollars in cash and a thousand dollars in credit. Which should I spend first? So, um, I would say you know save the money or invest it. But if you're going to use the credit card, use the credit card, but just pay it back before the statement date. So let's just say you have a thousand dollar in cash. And then you want to use $1,000 on your credit card. So hopefully that $1,000 is not going to take you over your 30%. Because remember, 30, you never want to go above that 30%. Let's just say your 30% is maybe it's a, like 700 whatever your credit limit is. So you use that 700 And, you know, within a couple of weeks before the statement date, you pay on that credit card. So it's going to show that you got good payment history. You pay your bills on time. You kept on 30%. And that's, that's, that's going to help your score grow versus just spending that cash. Mm hmm Okay. Uh, I hope that helps, helps helps them out. I hope that answered their question. The next question I got for you is, does... Um, um, I'm sorry. I get credit card, new credit card offers in the mail every week. Is there a limit to how many credit cards I can have? Yeah, so it really depends on how high you're trying to get your credit score. So let's just say you want to get in the six... 650, 670, you could have maybe like two to three credit cards. Um, let's say you want to get in a 750, 770, you might have between like five to eight credit cards and uh, a couple more if you want to get close to 800. But the only thing, just because you're getting those offers, that don't mean you have to take them because you don't want to have too many hard inquiries from having too many credit cards. So you want to be careful with that. Sometimes you have to tell them no because when you get a hard inquiry, it stays on your credit report for two years. So if you have a whole bunch of hard inquiries and you go to a bank or find an institution for money, they're going to look at it as a bad thing. They're going to be like, well, you're just shopping around. 
So you don't want to have too many uh, credit cards. So just getting a credit card is a hard inquiry? Yeah, so so there's two ways of getting a credit card. One, you can apply to a regular credit card company and you're going to get a hard inquiry. Or two, you can um, go to a pre-approval credit card. You can say you're going to get an offer, a pre-approval offer. So right. now when they do the pre when you get the pre-approval offer, they do a soft pull. So you're not going to get hit for it. But if you accept that credit card offer, then it will show up as a hard in- it will show up as a hard inquiry. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. All right, man. Before I get you up out of here, I got a couple more questions for you. For anyone who who might not who might not know anything about credit, but knows that there's something that they, that they need to start work on. What's three tips that you might give somebody who's just tomorrow waking up and wanting to work on their credit? Just three basic tips that they can get uh, started and get the ball rolling. The first thing they can do, they can reach out to me and my assistant will send them a ebook copy of this book. It's called Break the Cycle on How to Live with Bad Credit. It's about 90 pages. has a lot of meat and potato. That's the first thing I would recommend. Just getting a free ebook. Number two, pulling a credit report because you can't fix your credit or fix any errors if you don't know what's doing it. So you can get a free copy of your credit report, uh, freeannualcreditreport.com. You get one free copy, all three report every year. Um, so that's very, very important. And the, number, the third thing you can do, once you get your credit report, look for any mistakes or any errors that shouldn't be on it because you can have, you can dispute anything that's negative or does have a negative impact on your credit report. You can dispute it. But again, you're not going to know how to dispute it. You're not going to know what to dispute if you, don't, if you don't have a copy of it. And then the third thing is, if you get this book, this book will actually tell you how to dispute some of those negative items. It will tell you how to build positive credit. So those are the first three things I would recommend. Get the book or your credit report and then analyze it. Look for any inquiries, any errors, anything that shouldn't be on that has a negative impact on your credit report. Okay, I appreciate that. Can can we get two tips for maintaining healthy credit once you get to that stage where it's healthy and it's that decent? Can we get two tips on maintaining that? Uh, the first thing you can do is pay your bills on time. And so, because 35% of your credit score is your payment history, you have one late payment, your school could drive in between like 30 to 70 points just in one late payment. So what you could do is put your bills on auto payment. Even if it's just a minimum payment every month, put your bills on auto payment. I mean, I got some of my friends, they got their mortgage on auto payment. They got their car payments on auto payment. That way you're never going to be late because that's 35 to your credit score. And the second thing is keeping your credit usage low because if you always max out your credit cards all the time, it's going to show that you're not responsible. So, so the credit bills want you to keep at 30%, but I recommend you keep it like 10% or even in single digits if possible. Maybe just get a pack of gum every couple months or maybe just a, I don't just get a sandwich every couple months, but you want to keep some type of activities on it, but you don't never ever want to go above 30% and you want to really want to keep it like 10% or lower if possible. So the credit usage and your on-time payment, that's 65% of your credit score right there. Okay, okay. And the last thing, if it's anything that you, that if it's one thing that you know now that you could have told your younger self before the uh the the credit cards and messing up your credit, what would it be and why? Um, pay your bills on time. <laughs> Makes sense. Because it's, it's one of the simplest things to do, right. but it's one of the easiest things to get. Okay. And before we talk about the, the giveaway, I also want to ask you, 
does auto pay affect your credit in any way, or is it just a good habit to make sure the bills are paid on time? It's a good habit to make sure your bills get paid on time. Because, okay. you know, we're we human. We forget stuff. I mean, life happens. But if you have an auto pay, like I said, it's just a minimum payment. You know it's going to get paid. And what about early payments? I heard early payments may do something. No. So one of the things that will affect your credit is when you actually pay something off, your score may drop. So let's say you pay your car payment off. Once you pay it off, within the next billing cycle, your score is going to take a hit. Um, it's almost like you're getting punished for being a responsible adult. Um, but again, that's, just, that's why it's called a credit game. That's just how it works. Okay, okay. All right, so before we get up out of here, I just got an announcement to make. Ryan's going to be giving out one free copy of his new book for the most interactive uh, commenter, liker, liker, whoever reaches out to him for any credit advice, let me know. He's going to let me know. And whoever's the most involved uh, with this podcast, reach out to me. You can reach out to Ronnie, and we're going to make sure to get you a free copy of your book. Um, before you get out of here, is there anything that you would like to say? Again, I just want to say, you know, just thank you for having me on it. Um, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but, you know, yours is definitely one of the dopest out there. So I definitely appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate that. Um, we need more people out there like you just doing what you're doing. Hopefully. I love to see other people. I love to see other people when they succeed, especially if it's another king, you know, just helping the community. So I definitely appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. So before I get you out of here, let the people know where they can find you on because your social media is, is bomb. Let them know where they can find you on social media, where they can find you, to, where they can find you the book and the best way to reach you if they want to get some credit tips or, or anything more. Yeah, so you could definitely reach me on IG, Mr. Ronnie underscore Credit Hero. Um, you know, this book is actually, it's on Amazon. Okay. Again, you know, we definitely going to be picking up a winner for a free book. Yeah, You can call me 443-738-5529. 443-738-5529. You can just go to my website, RonnieFrancois.com. I mean, better yet, you could even you could even just Google my name, Ronnie Francois, the credit hero. Um, so, so there's so many different ways you can reach out to me. As I say, he definitely working, man, and, and he definitely ever since we had our first correspondence, being but you've been nothing but kind, man. Appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, thanks.